Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Uh, joining me today is Rhonda Bray, the founder and CEO at Rhythm Management Group. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Jared, for having me. I'm excited to have you. Uh, let's let's just dive right into it, Rhonda. would love to hear about your background, and then we can talk more about Rhythm yeah, sure. So I, like you mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Rhythm. Just a bit about me. I come from a healthcare background. I started as a nurse um, specific to cardiology, and then I moved into managing patients with implantable pacemakers and defibrillators. Um, and about 11 years ago, I saw a really big service gap where patients had these implanted devices. The technology was available to monitor them from home. But what we were seeing is physicians weren't actually able to utilize the technology because there was so much data coming at them and they didn't know what to do with it. So again, from my nursing perspective, I approached it with um, oversight on the service side and we launched the company as a very heavy service company. So we were taking care of patients and we nailed it. Um, But we also knew that we needed to get, we needed to bring in technology to help us grow the company and create a national footprint. So that's a little bit about how it started. And then, you know, during COVID about three years ago, remote monitoring really came out strong because patients didn't have access like they had access prior to their physicians. So it really took us from a place of nice to have to a state of absolutely critical and necessary, particularly for this patient population. And can you can you give us a breakdown of, I guess, the, the business today, all, all facets of it? Um, I know usually we focus on the why, how, what. You kind of already gave us the why in your intro, but um, it's really important for, I guess, for our audience to understand that how and what as well. Yeah. So <clears throat> what we do is, again, these patients are, they're, they're some of the sickest of the sick because they're at a stage in life where they're, they're, they have implanted devices of some sort. So whether it's a pacemaker or a defibrillator, um, and that the the devices are incredibly complex <clears throat> and send us really um, rich data on the patient's historical heart rhythm that could some and some of that data can actually be used for predictive analysis. Um, so it impacts rehospitalization and it impacts how physicians can care for these patients. So and how we do it is the devices, the patients have little monitors by their bedside, those transmit the data to us. It goes through our software platform. And we make sense of it for the physicians. We actually simplify it and give them a really concise overview of what's happening. So they're not reaming, having to look through 60 pages of data. So that's how we do it. That's how we have made it efficient. And that's how we can take care of now over 100,000 patients. And when you look at the, the current state of the industry, where, where are things at in remote patient monitoring? And then where do you see them heading from here? Yeah, it's a really good question. And we're actually now very involved in policy and reimbursement changes that Medicare um, is forcing upon us. But we're on the leading edge of saying, wait a minute, we proved during the pandemic that remote patient monitoring, whether it's implantable devices or wearable devices, are critical. Uh, And we have transformed the way that now patients are willing to be treated, you know, from a healthcare perspective or Um, interact with their physicians. So we are, again, leading our sort of charge with Medicare to make sure that this specific um, specialty is reimbursed 
but also remote monitoring um, on a larger scale maintains its reimbursement so that patients have access to healthcare. So can we, I would love to hear more about some of the continuous blockers in the space and um, maybe how you've seen some of these blockers go away in recent years. Um, I, I always, I'm always interested in the barriers to entry and then how you, how you got past those uh, initially. And then what I guess you, you envision will be a potential blocker in the future um, without, you don't have to go into, you know, given your secret sauce, your strategy, but yeah, so <clears throat> I think early on, a, a big blocker was the technology itself. So the devices for us are incredibly complicated, and our patient demographic tends to be a little bit older, so they were very hesitant to adopt this, what seemed like a you know black box, and are you watching me at night, and can you hear my conversations? So initially, the blocker was just educating patients on this is actually a safer way for us to care for you. And if you allow us to manage your data, we can actually give your physician more information than they were equipped with than if you didn't have this box at home. So that was a, early on a very, it was a big blocker. And then again, I want to fast forward to the pandemic where everything changed and patients started to understand that for, for them to get the, health, the access to the healthcare that they wanted, they actually had to embrace the idea of being monitored from their home. Um, a continued blocker for us is um, compliance. We need them to keep those monitors at home plugged in so that we can continue to care for them. So going back to how we started the company, we started from a very service-minded perspective, and we continue that today. Even though we're tech-enabled and that, that enables us to scale, we still have hundreds of employees on the front lines who are contacting patients on a continuous basis just to say, hey... We're, we're losing touch with you and we need to keep you connected. We want to keep you connected to keep you out of the hospital, to keep you well, to keep your physician informed. So I think that as we grow is likely, that's one of the barriers to entry, which is how do you maintain the service? And it goes back to the policy side of Medicare, but how do you maintain such a high touch service business and continue to keep contact with patients, maintain the reimbursement and provide good quality of care? and keep your technology <laughs> relevant and, and adaptable because we're actually getting lots of data. We're applying lots of machine learning. We're trying to make our clinicians more agile and um, more efficient. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, thank you so much for, for that response. Um, I, I'd like to shift focus a little bit now, Rhonda, to talk a little bit about this recent, recent acquisition that your, your company had. Um, I might mess this up. I, is, it, is it Equus? Is that right? Equus Consulting Group. Talk us through, you know, this acquisition, why it made sense, and what really excites you about it moving forward. Yeah, it's an incredibly exciting opportunity. It's our first acquisition. We're about three months in, so we're outside of the honeymoon phase, right? We're now in it, and we are actively moving patients onto our platform. We get to engage with new customer bases that in places, well, in parts of the country where we didn't have access. So, if you think middle of the the country, Indiana, Alabama. So it gives us access to a different customer base. Um, Equus is a, was a service only company, so I can relate. They came from the exact spot that we were. And we are applying our technology to help, um, help us internally take on the patients, become more efficient. And also there was a, 
with Equus and their their model, they didn't go after a lot of the practices, or I'm sorry, a lot of the patients in the practice. So now, because we have such a strong service support arm, that's our focus. Let's go get the patients that we may have missed um, and make sure that they are on the platform so that we can care for them. So it's a really exciting opportunity, and um, it's really launched us into a, the one of a leading spot in this industry. Do you think there will be other acquisitions that you'll explore over the next few years? Yeah. I mean, this goes back to the policy changes, right? We're trying to maintain reimbursement, but there are some companies that just are not going to be able to provide the service because the reimbursement is changing. So we're looking at a very different landscape. We are positioned to continue. And a a lot of that is because we have technology supporting us. And there are service providers out there that don't have the backing of of the technology platform. So those patients still need to be cared for. And I think it's a good opportunity for us to start partnering with other companies. And I think, you know, making acquisitions is, is, can be difficult to, to create the right synergies, right. And make these successful. So, you know, seeing that you're, you've been able to do that and you are doing that, it, there probably is interest, right. When the right, when the right deal comes along to, to bring on those companies and, and follow the similar path that you have in the past. Yeah, without a doubt. We're looking at it constantly. What's what's next that that you can share with the organization that, that you're really excited about? You know, not not just the acquisition, but moving forward into 2023 and beyond. What I see is next, not just for our company, but as in the industry in general. So remote patient monitoring outside of implantables is almost everything now can be monitored and managed remotely. So we are looking as a company, but again, as an industry at what other services can we expand to continue to have patients engaged, to continue to give physicians the information and the the, um, the data that they need to make good medical decisions and care for their patients. So I really think the sky's the limit. I mean, we are getting into blood pressure, weight management, we're getting into um, diabetes, you can go into some neurology stuff, obviously behavioral health. So I think it's super exciting that the way that healthcare is consumed is evolving and we're really on the leading edge of that. It really is, it's a really great opportunity for for all of us in the remote monitoring space. Well, I'm excited to continue to stay in touch with you and follow the progress of, uh, of Rhythm and really look forward to hopefully having you on again in the future to, to dive into some uh, some other topics. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great talking about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much.